either but i also don't want my rectum to explode and kill me so that'll be a fun blooper <laughs> i like to click record just a, just a few minutes before we get started to catch any funny business so i can say things like rectum exploding and yes and yeah. people will get a visual and that's what we really want them to have a visual of a rectum exploding <laughs> sweet dreams <laughs> It is spooky season. It is upon us. So what 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 are you reading right now? Okay, right now because we're ne- what is it called? Hang on, I just started this this morning. Oh, let me look up, look at my Goodreads because I just forgot the title. It is the and y'all got it for me for my birthday last year. Okay, it is the strange case of the alchemist's daughter by Theodora Goss. I have that up. Oh, you do. Well, sh- yeah. shit, get started. I just started this morning. I'm only, Aww. where am I at? I am only 142 pages in. It's only like a 300-page book. I just started. I'm only halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good because guess who makes a special appearance? dun da 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 Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes and Watson. So that tickled my fancy. But yeah, I really like it so far. So I'm pretty sure... I'm going to be continuing with the series, and according to Goodreads, there are, oh, just three books. Oh, it's a trilogy. That's not Not bad bad at all. It's a nice little, yeah. So it's it's so fun. It's really good. It's really good. Good. And what else am I reading? I can pull that out. Oh, I'm I'm in the middle of cast for Jess Owens' Mm -hmm. uh, nonfiction book club, and... Same. I still have to catch up on Ulysses and oh, uh, God, finish yes. my reread of Breast and Eggs. And that's all I have I'm going like right that. now. So I'm maybe like almost halfway through my reread of Cast mm. and still cringing same, even the second time around. Same. I mean, that's a, it's tough. It's a tough book. It's a good book, and it is an important yeah. book, but ooh, is it tough. Um, it's a hard listen. I'm looking forward to the discussion on Me that too. one, though. Because when I read it, I had, like, no one to talk yeah. to. And, um, yeah, it's definitely the kind of book you want to talk to somebody about, especially, like, as you're reading it. You want to be like, I can't believe it. Yeah. And then I'm reading The Elegance of the Hedgehog. Yes. Which you made me read, which is that French translated work. And that kid, man. She's something else, right? She's a trip, man. She's like in an existential crisis at 12. Yes. Like, I don't know. This kid is crazy. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I actually like the book or if I'm just like, this kid is insane. And that's the only reason why I'm listening. To it. Like, I've just been listening to it around the house. Have stuff. you yeah. Have you met any other characters yet or you've just been introduced to the girl? No, I know her, the concierge, okay. and some of the other okay. people in the building and stuff. But, like, she just, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Talk- the, the vet lady just got introduced. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's that's kind of where I am. Wherever she comes in is about where I am. So, it's I don't know. We're coming up on the halfway yeah. point. It's good. I like the writing I just, a lot. The writing is mm-hmm. good. I think, what else am I reading? I have on 
deck. Um, is it Rachel Hazel Hall? Yes. Was that she's gone and then she's gone and she's that book? I have that. Yes. I started to I started to read that, but I need to get back to it. And now she's gone. That was good. And now she's. Gone. I liked it yeah, because um, it's a lot of it, it's in L.A. It's a lot of L.A. references, mm-hmm. even references references where I grew up, which is in Silver Lake. So that was fun to read. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you know I get jazzed when people mention things, but it's like easy because I live in New exactly. York and I'm always mentioned. Yes. <laughs> like, like even in um, a little life, that like I was still annoyed by that one part at the end and not near the end where I'm like it doesn't take that long to get from the garrison train station to like anywhere in garrison like I don't understand like where could this have occurred like I just I think I it throws me off because it just doesn't because I used to live in garrison and I'm like no no what were they doing what was this tomfoolery like I got really irrationally angry at that point I don't know what hour of that drive that was, but I was really angry at that point. There were a lot of feelings. Um, and then I'm slowly making my way through The Seventh Cadence, which is the book Emergent Realms. Right. I, I think you would like, but I guess you're cutting down on some of you. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just until I can like wrap my arms around my new, you know, special love, which is this podcast, you know? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> We got a lot. We got a lot going on, but you know what? There's a lot of stuff. I'm having so much fun. I'm loving every minute of it. So zero complaints from me. So it's a good time. I love I love having like a standing date to talk to you, and I love some of the response that we've been getting. Yeah, me too. It's been like overwhelmingly positive. Um, I'm sure some negativity will come, but that's yeah, that's to be expected. But you know, it's overwhelmingly positive. I'm waiting for like Jesus to just start like, mowing the lawn and just run by with the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be some good video content for the folks who like to watch our uncut video yes. recording of the podcast. Yes, don't forget that that exists. It's over on my channel on YouTube. There's a whole playlist. Um, I'll have to go back and backlog it. I think we started at episode six, actually putting out the uncut. Yeah. So I'll have to backlog in uh, one through five at some point. But yeah, no. It's there, folks. It's, it's there for you. You get to see all all the nonsense and in its like gritty form. Exactly. <laughs> Not in the nicely cleaned up. Naomi takes out as much dog barking as possible. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? What are we talking about? We are talking about nonfiction November. And I'm kind of excited about it. I'm really excited. Um, We gave each other a limit this time on books we could recommend. And it was really hard because there were some that I wanted. I mixed up ones I haven't read and ones I have Mm -hmm. read. So I could give some recommendations and not just show things I want to read. But it was so hard, especially the ones I've already read, to be like, you need to read this one and this one and this one and this one. So we gave so ourselves about a limit more. of what ten each, so a total of twenty nonfiction mm-hmm. books that we are thinking about reading in November. As I like to say, or suggesting you it read could all change. Who knows? But yeah. yeah. But um, and we have one special bonus. Yes, book. we do. We'll announce one that at the special. end of the show. So just one. 
special bonus. Buckle book. up and stay tuned for that. So do you want to kick us off on what your first book is? Uh, yes. I'm going to start with something I've already read that I think everyone should okay. read. And that's The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Yes. I need this to that. Book. This is this is by Rebecca Skloot, and there's the lawnmower, um, just Welcome. making its appearance. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, lawnmower. Uh, this follows the life uh, and the family of this lady, Henrietta Lacks, who had her uterine cells, I believe it was, removed uh, because she had lots of cancers and things. And then the, <laughs> the, uh, the doctors, the hospital kept her cells and continued to use the cell culture and they're still using it to this mm. day and the family has never had really any like compensation they were never informed that their mother's body was basically going to be used like pieces of her body were going to be used. Mm. like it's it's highly unethical um but you yeah. know apparently when it's black bodies ethics gets a little bit fuzzy especially during the time that this was happening so this happened in 1951 they took the cells from her and like i have i've worked with doctors now that have worked with those cells in labs they literally are still using them to this day and they have they have contributed a lot to science but also there's a whole story behind where these cells came from there's a person behind where these cells came from there's a whole family so it's it's an amazing book and everyone should I think it. that I'm going to see if I can get the audiobook and you listen to that next it, month for sure. It might be on Scribd or I got it from my library. I can't remember cuz I remember I was listening to it while I was waiting for the book to come right. in or I listened to it and then I ordered a hard copy. I can't remember cuz I was like it's just it's amazing. Wow. And sad. But it's it's a powerful right. Book. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm adding that to my list. Okay, I think I will follow you, and I will uh, select a book that I've read before. But I'm going to read mm-hmm. it again. And this is uh, written by my great grandfather. This is the destruction oh, yes. of Black civilization. So I am. How old am I? I'm forty something. How old am I? I'm forty five. Forty six. I don't know how old am you 46? are. Forty six. I'm old, <laughs> folks. I. My dad gave me this book when my grandfather was still living, which was either in 91, 91 maybe. So that's how long I've had it. The pages are falling out. Um, it's, it's, a real, it's a real hot mess, but it is my pride and joy. And I tried to read it in high school. It's very difficult. Uh, my brain was not ready. So I am going to read this for the second time in my very late adult years. So that is the... It's on Audible? Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Now, I know a lot of people... Because this has been required reading in colleges for a long time. I think this was banned at one point. I probably yeah, was. Because I remember... The way our um, world works. Back when I used to have a blog, and I was going to talk about this book, my dad was like, don't talk about that book. <laughs> he was like, don't, don't, don't talk about that. Um, so yeah, this, this book has a history of its own. So that is going to be something that I reread for the first time in decades in November. Okay. Oh, and that is the the, the destruction of black civilization by Chancellor Williams. I love that 
his first name was Chancellor. I don't. It just sounds like that's a badass. He name, was, by the way, he was a badass dude. Your grandpa had a badass great name, grandpa. This is my great grandpa, and we Sorry. share the Sorry. same birthday. So, yeah. Aww. All right. So I added, it. and it is on mm-hmm. Audible and on mm-hmm. Amazon. You can grab that. I've shared this before with you, but I figure if it's if it's nonfiction November, if there's ever a time to read it. Read it. It's now, and that's from the streets of Shalaman. Shaolin. Yes. Mouthwork from the streets of Shaolin, not Shalaman. I don't know what Shalaman is. Shalamar. Shalamar. It's a perfume. <laughs> so or it's a like, Soul Train um, band. Hmm. Really? <laughs> uh, not where I was going with that. But this is um, a story about Wu Tang, Wu Tang Clan, like the whole, the whole shebang. And this is like their biography. So so I guess it has unpublished interviews and you have lots of just access to the members of Wu-Tang that maybe you haven't had before. And there's some really awesome photos. I would like to read that also. And it was gifted to me from the publisher. That was my so question. Thank you, Hachette. Who, who published that? Yeah. Hachette published it. It's, it came out this year. And when I saw it on, like, my request mm-hmm. list, because, you know, they just send you lists sometimes, I was like, uh, yeah, we will be adding that to the collection. So let's piggyback on the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm going to give you all a, a nonfiction recommendation. And uh, the book is called The Baddest Bitch in the Room, a memoir by Sophia Chang. And Sophia Chang was the manager for Wu-Tang Clan. And I'm telling y'all, when you... We did not talk about our picks, by the way. We didn't talk about our picks? Yeah, beforehand. The fact that you're seamlessly segueing from We did, but you just... And, and I, I read it. I read it. When did I read this book? I read this book earlier this year? Nope. I read it last year. I'm telling y'all, when you read this book and you close it, you're going to be like, damn, she is the baddest bitch in the room. Her story's incredible. All right. So, all right. Wu-Tang all the way. Outing. Woohoo! Remember when, like, Emma was like, our friend Emma was like, I don't know who Wu Tang is. And we were like, What? I mean, we almost passed out. We what? were like, Excuse me, is ma'am. This, <laughs> is this how old we yes. are? Yes. Like, people don't know. <laughs> oh, just the cover of the baddest oh. bitch in the room looks freaking amazing. She has such a fantastic, exciting, interesting, adventurous life story. I devoured this I book. Work. I yeah, I devoured it. I'm not buying all these things, but I have my Amazon open, so we're just sticking stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, and that is from um, Catapult. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So is that your next? Well, is that your next? One? No, I was just piggyback. Just, just I just thought of it because bonus. yeah, another bonus, bonus for you folks. It's gonna happen. I mean, I I, I I I could not not mention that book if you're talking about Wu Tang. It's you That's know. True. All right. So this next book was gifted to me by Alyssa. And it is Feeding the Soul. No, I did say that. Feeding the Soul because it's my business. Finding Our Way to Joy, <laughs> Love, and Freedom by Tabitha Brown. I She could read me the phone she book. She could and read I would me like, anything. I am so, thank you again for this You're book. Welcome. I love this woman. She is just such a light and I can't wait to read it. You've got the ebook, so we can read this together. I do. We can read it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm very mm-hmm. excited to read this book. 
Okay, Tabitha Brown, if you for some reason ever see, hear, find this little podcast, if you could come on Please. and let us interview Please. you, it would make this Please. woman next to me on the screen the happiest person that has ever walked on the planet Please. Earth. Join us. You are always <laughs> welcome. I don't much. care about the day, the time. It doesn't matter. I will burn you, down the I world. Burn down, baby. <laughs> you say when, and we will be available. <laughs> we all need that Tabitha Brown energy in our lives. Yeah, she's just like, I don't know. There's just something, something about her, right? It just comes off, and you're like, You want yes, to be her friend. You that. want to you be do. her friend. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. Her food does always look yummy. You've I have, I have. I have. Also, she's the one that turned me on to just egg. I do yeah, like she's the one eggs. that turned me on to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I use the folded ones in my breakfast sandwich. <gasps> Where to next? Where to? Where do we go after Wu Tang? The warmth <gasps> of other sons, which is the first Isabel Wilkerson. I didn't you know you had. I, that's on my no. That's not on this list. It's just on my general list. I didn't know you owned it. I I keep looking for it. I'm gonna buy it. Yes, I own it. I, I bought this because the only reason why I know who Isabel Wilkerson even is is because I had this travel nurse that I worked with in the first wave of the personal pan pizza. And she absolutely loves Isabel Wilkerson. Like, she's gone to author talks with her. She has multiple copies of this. She's had it signed. And her enthusiasm about the author was like, well, shit, I need to, like, of check course. this out, right? And then she's telling me all about this next book that's coming out, cast, blah, 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 blah. And so slowly, like, these books just kind of, like, came into my little life. And I read cast first, I think, because... I just did. I don't know why I did. And it was her writing is just so. I agree. It is the perfect kind of uh, nonfiction writing where she can insert, especially with cast. I don't know how this one works with that piece, this piece, but um, with cast, she beautifully inserts her own. We've Mm -hmm. talked about this, her own narratives into the greater story or the, the greater narrative without it seeming like she's shifting all of the, Focus on one hundred percent agree. Like another, it's another piece of evidence, essentially, to back up the history or whatever she's reporting on, essentially. And it's, it's so good. She's so good. But this is a great about the great um, migration from the south up north. So I'm really excited to read this because I don't. I mean, obviously, there's things like I know about, like I know them as general, like almost like headlines right. or taglines, but not like in an in-depth way. So. Also, she's freaking beautiful. I know. I know. Okay, when I order our, one of our um, October book club picks, I'm also going to order that because it's been on my list uh, for a long time. Yes, you need to. Oh, it's also won a Pulitzer. Mm. She's incredible. She really is. I mean, and it's like a tome and like you can tell how well researched they are and it's just, it's fantastic. It's it's read her. I, I don't I don't I feel like I shouldn't even have to put it on a list because it should be a no brainer. But in case you're a dumb dumb like me who didn't know she existed until a year ago, read it. Same. I just <laughs> learned about her a year ago, and they were talking about that book, The Warmth of Other Suns, and I had never heard yeah. of her before. And I was like, wow! And people were raving about this book. 
So yeah. it's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, you're not alone. And if it's anything like cast, it I Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cast is really Also good. it's amazing how people are still like buying cast and reading it. I think that's a great sign that people want to be more educated on how our system is formed. I know. And 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 it there's no she pulls no oh. punches. Like there is no None. No, it's all no air all of the dirty laundry. Yeah. And I mean Sir, sir, move your lawnmower. Thank you. So <laughs> Sir She she the way that she describes certain things, especially in cast, it really like is like a punch in the gut. Um, That's a good way to put it, by the way. From, yeah, it keeps you from I mean, I would find it very difficult to, like, backtalk your way out mm. of it. Do you know how, like, we do that oftentimes with our history and ugly parts of mm-hmm. history where you, you kind of try to, like, be like, oh, no, but, like, that, that. No, you can't. Right. Like, you can't. When someone says, even the one drop rule was too much for Hitler, you're like, oh, okay. When she <laughs> said that, I was like, God damn, America. Wow. There, there are just ways that the phrasing where you're like, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. That whole section was like so eye-opening. And then mm-hmm. I'm not even going to lie. It made me also incredibly sad. I, mm-hmm. th- when I read that, I just felt just this overwhelming feeling of sadness after that. Because it's like, wow, even they thought it was too <clears> much, but, but, but here we are. Oh. Yeah, you know what I've been thinking about? Have you been seeing, I know we're, I'm good at, we're taking a tangent, which we this is what we do. Welcome to the podcast. We take tangents. Um, have you seen the TikTok going around about that lady? I can assume she's at a school board meeting and she says something about how she is like 1.4% African. So she's a sister. Oh, what? I wish you could see, I wish you could see Naomi's face. <laughs> Right now, I mean, you can if you go to the raw and uncut, but um, it's the appropriate face to be making when you hear that. But then when you read something like cast and you think about like how different that statement would have been. Yeah. Like that would have been enough for you to get like ostracized, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. (laughs) And now you're trying to use it like you're flipping the script to try to use it. I. White. Okay. Yeah, let, yeah. Let's move let's on. Just, let's, let's just let's, let's just drop that there. Everybody, have your moment with that little factoid of life. <laughs> okay, and also please just just pick up both of her and, books uh, and read. Cats. Pick up both her books. <laughs> if you happen to pick up the warmth of other suns and you want to read along with Alyssa and I, just send us a little DM on Instagram or TBR Lowdown, and we can read it together and we'll chat about it on the Discord. Yes, also join our Discord. The link is on our website tbrlowdown.com. Okay, great. Yes. To be more yeah. specific, oh, tbrlowdown.com yes. slash link in bio. That is our page that gives you like quick access links to all of our stuff. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> all right, what all do right. you got? What do you got? That was a short tangent, oh by my the way. God. I feel like you should be proud of me. I was good. If there anyway, are any new going. listeners, this is your first time listening to TBR Lowdown, understand how short this, pe- this, this tangent was. Y- you don't even know. Listen to other episodes. Yeah, that was, I was, I was yes, but our tangents are good. Okay, so my <laughs> next book is, um, it is called Tulia, 
Race, Cocaine, and Corruption in a Small Texas Town by Nate Blakesley. And I just want to read a little bit. You had me at cocaine. I don't know why, but my brain went. This is a trip here. Let me just read you just a little bit of the synopsis so we can just understand what the heck we're getting into with this book. Okay. It says, early one morning in the summer of 1999, authorities in the tiny West Texas town of Tulia began a roundup of suspected drug dealers. By the time the sweep was done, over 40 people had been arrested and one of every five black adults in town was behind bars, all accused of dealing cocaine to the same undercover officer, Tom Coleman. Coleman, the son of a well-known Texas Ranger, was named Officer of the Year in Texas. Not until after the trials in which Coleman's uncooperated testimony secured sentences as long as 365 years did it become apparent that Tom Coleman was not the man he claimed to be. By then, two dozen people were in prison and the town of Tulia had become a battlefield in the national debate over the war on drugs. Holy shit. Okay. What was it called? Tulia, Tulia? Race, Cocaine, and Corruption in a Small Texas Town by Nate Blakesley. This was a notable book, the New York Times Book Review of the Year. Why am I not surprised that it's Texas? Yeah. I don't remember how I stumbled upon this book, but I saw it and then like I went online and ordered it immediately because I I never even heard the story. Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. Uh, But also it shouldn't like it's so sad that I'm saying this, but like it shouldn't surprise me. I mean, true, true. It's but it does. It does. does. I guess I, I guess. For me, sometimes it's like the audacity of the things people do that really trips me up. You know, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. you really had the audacity to do that. You really you, went there. Huh? You really went there. Yeah, that. So really I, I, get, I still get tripped up over people's audacity of doing certain things. I think I try really hard to have faith in humanity. You do. And then, like, every, I don't know, depending on the day, it could be our. Sometimes it's every few you days. Try. At least once I a try. month. And then, <laughs> and then he, <laughs> three times a week, I have faith in humanity. The other four, I'm not working. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I hate people. <laughs> Holding like, out hope just, or not. I don't know. Do you, how many times in the last like year do you think I've said to you, I'm about ready to just build a year in the woods and take Hemi and go? <laughs> so yeah, there. so many times. <laughs> like I'd be so happy. Just like a giant year, one big room with like books. Right, and a bed. done, gone, no, bye, I say peace Jesus. out, see ya. I didn't say Jesus. I said, I'll take the dog. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's hard to still have a little bit of like, hope for humanity it really is this last these last 18 months have really i've really tried a lot of yes people. yes okay did you add tulia to your list did you add it okay good i did good. add tulia yeah. to my list and i guess while we're on on that kind of theme i guess i showed you this that came oh, yeah and it's it, this just came the other day and i really want to read it um it says say their names how Black Lives Came to Matter in America. It's got several contributing authors, and it's just really talking oh, wow. about recent events. 
And I just, I mean, I, I lived it. I mean, there's, there's something lovely about reading about the history of how, of things that have happened in the past, but I, I, I would love to see how somebody's talking about the things that I've actually witnessed in your life. Yes. I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think that this would be really interesting. And I I don't know if it's out yet or uh, it'll probably be out by the time if it's not already, it'll be out by the time the podcast airs. But um, yeah, so this is brand new. By the way, in the show notes, we will note if a book is not out yet. We'll let you know when the actual pub date is in the show notes. But this is from Grand Central, so huge thank you to Grand Central if they're actually watching or listening um, for sending this to me because this, I mean, yeah, like it needs, first of all, I just feel like it's a little short. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't you feel like there's more that we, we could say? But um, I love the cover too. I, I have, I, we have to, I, ha- I have to get, read this. And um, yes, I, I'll be looking yeah. to, you know, your thoughts on that book for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay, anyway, I don't, so that's, that's I don't know where I'm going next here. You know what I was also trying to do? I was trying not to choose a lot of books that are going to either piss me off and or just depress me. I don't know if I did a good job, yes. but, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was trying to not make everything boring because I had some other just like straight history stuff. And I was like, no, yeah, um, that's not exciting. Well, I think. Maybe this one, I hate when they put price stickers over the, over the title. You know what? Let me do this one when you're talking. So let me just skip. I'll take that while you're talking about your book. Let me go to another one. Okay. These are three books that I received last year, probably last Mm -hmm. year from Seal Press and Counterpoint. So let me just go with Mediocre, The Dangerous Legacy of White Male America by, uh-oh. Ooh, I can't say her name. Ooh, I don't want to, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how to I pronounce it. I can't say her name correctly. But she, I've, ooh, Pam wants me to read that book so bad and I need it. That book is supposed to be really, really oh, good. I've heard nothing but good things about this book. Do you have this book? And I think... I don't have any okay, of her I books. Okay, I believe you the ARC. Ooh, yeah, okay. I'll send it to you. Um, so I'm excited to read this because people were already talking about this book. So that is Mediocre, The Dangerous Legacy of White Male America. And okay, yeah, this came out December 1st, 2020. And yeah, she's the and same. it's supposed to be phenomenal. Yes, she's the same author who wrote the book. So you want to talk about race. Yep. Which recently had the, some drama with that oh, yeah. little instant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's totally, yes, buy all yeah. of her books because people are. Ooh, maybe uh, we can uh, have and Pam on and we could discuss that book. Did I just accidentally buy one of her books? Oh, it's on my Kindle. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally hit buy now instead of like Uh-oh. add to cart. So. But it's on my Kindle. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I just added the audiobook. So, I'll, uh, so you want to yeah. talk about race? That's oh, what okay. I added okay. to, the, to, to. So the other one. So this is one that I've I've already read before, and this is Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm. And the audiobook is also really uh, amazing if you listen to it because so he examines a couple different scenarios mm-hmm. where the way that we talk to each other, how that influences the way we respond to each other and how we can often have 
miscommunications because of that. So somebody, like a suspect in a crime, um, may be innocent, but behaving abnormal to what we believe somebody who's innocent should be behaving like. Oh, yes. Because Mm -hmm. we all don't follow, not everything follows the same rules kind of thing. But the um, audiobook uses actual, like, clips from, like, interviews with people Hmm. and things. So instead of just having the text transcripts like in here, there's actual audio. So it starts, how did Fidel Castro fool fool the CIA for a generation? Why did Neville Chamberlain think he could trust Adolf Hitler? Why are campus sexual assaults on the rise? Do television sitcoms teach us something about the way we relate to one another that isn't true? So it's, it's, it's a really interesting book and he talks about the deceptions of bernie madoff uh the trial of amanda Knox, the suicide of sylvia plath uh jerry sandusky and uh the death of sandra bland and examines all of those wow that's how do we actually talk how do strangers that don't know anything else about anybody about each other how does the way we talk to each other influence the outcome of those discussions. Oh, basically. that's really interesting. It's really good. It's a really. I didn't know book. it was that good. I really, I really thought it was amazing. Um, it's not very long. Again, the audiobook is phenomenal because, like, especially with the San- Sandra Bland, you hear like the police camera, like mm-hmm. the body cam discussion. You hear everything, like in their actual like intonations mm. which really changes i think your digestion of the the topic right. you know you're not just like reading someone's description of the scenario wow that they weren't even there that for. is not what i thought that book was about yeah and now it's really i'm interested yeah. mm. it's all right a really good book. add that to your list folks all right i'm coming in hot here with black fortunes The story of the first six African-Americans who escaped slavery and became millionaires by Shamari Wills. I have... I like it. I'm here for it. I have no knowledge of this. This is all new to me. And I'm very interested to see how the hell they did that. Yeah. Well, there was... Does that include the lady who started, like, the salon business or whatever? I have no idea. One of the first... I think she was one of the first, if not black millionaires, definitely female black millionaires. Oh, funny. It says right Uh, here, although Madam C.J. Walker was given the title of America's first female black millionaire, she was not. That's who I'm thinking of. She was the first, however, to flaunt and openly claim her wealth, a dangerous and revolutionary act. Interesting. Interesting. See? So I have incorrect... Information. Yeah, and this is not very long either. It's pretty short, but yeah, I'm I'm very interested in that. Sometimes I'm really confused by like how certain things get to be the length that they are. I'm like, shouldn't you be long? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess with something like that, it's really going to determine like how much information you can actually access. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. True. True. All right. What um, you got? What you got? Okay. I am getting pumped for nonfiction November. I do. I am too. I hope that I'm trying to keep all my queer books to the end. We're I have three sort of okay. queer books and they're all going together. So sorry, I was over on Amazon trying to find Black Fortune. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me come back to your. No, tab. go to Abe. Hello. 
go to Abe because so, I got oh, it no, for like three dollars and had, something cents. So go to Abe. I just I just have it open, okay. so I'm just sticking them okay. all in there. So anyway, so this is Red Roulette, which is a newer nonfiction. I know it's out because I saw it in Barnes and Noble. And again, this was sent to me. This was by Scribner. And this is an insider's story of wealth, power, corruption, and vengeance in today's China. And what mm. gets me really psyched about this is in a former life, I used to work in investor relations and I worked uh, on the public and the private side. But when I worked on the public side, just before I went to nursing school, I the company I worked for, we had U.S. – they were all U.S. listed companies, but – we had China companies and we had U.S. companies. And so there was a lot of, it was like my first real like look into like China as a, just like a regular person looking right. at China. I've never been, but like the amount of stories that I heard because that I didn't know about, about living in China mm. and like people who just go missing in China and like, mm. like the business, business in China. Um, it was like my first little like, toe dipping in and now then this came out and i was like oh i want to know i want to know very interesting in you know I, I i need like a little bit more but yeah also the title is very um so what i'm looking for it's so sharp and it's yeah. like uh full of mischief well china is a very it's just it's it's always it's it's a little in, it's an interesting yeah. place anyway from what i can gather so yeah. far um, so the little blurb at the top says a unique and incendiary memoir from an entrepreneur, entrepreneur who rose to the highest realms of power and money in China and whose wife was disappeared. Red Roulette reveals the truth of what is happening inside country's wealth making machine. His wife so was is. disappeared. Mm -hmm. What of the world? Oh, you've got to give me the play so, by yeah. play on that one. Yeah. So there's definitely like a lot of that, especially when I was so working. sinister. There was a lot of this, like, kind of, like, weird stuff for, like, people's political rivals would just go missing. Ooh. And, like, so, I don't know. It gave me that, like, learning about that stuff. It yeah. Me of that, and I was like, yes. He's Have into you, it as well. Yes. He also wants to Have know. He's like, let me know, Mom. Yeah, let, keep me posted know. on what's in that book. That yeah. sounds... <laughs> really sinister and i'm into it yeah. so okay looking at my stack here what am i going to go for next all right let's go for one that i received from counterpoint is that the right one wait is this counterpoint i did you get your sticker off i did well i got it off enough to read the subtitle who is this from counterpoint yes this is from Counterpoint. This is Lincoln's Lie, a true Civil War caper through fake news, Wall Street, and the White House by Elizabeth Ooh. Mitchell. I have seen this around. Mm -hmm. And this is another one that I, I received, I, I think, at the end of 2020. So I'm kind of like, hmm. I love the whole, the way that Lincoln gets used oh, as, man. like... Hit, there's so much misrepresentation. I mean, talk about pedestal built on a house of cards. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into this for sure. So that is Lincoln's Lincoln, Lie: yeah. A True Civil War Caper Through Fake News, Wall Street, and the White House by Elizabeth Mitchell. 
Oh, and she also wrote a book called Liberty's Torch. Never heard of that one, but I'm intrigued by this one. Interesting, interesting. The paperback comes out in February. Oh, nice. Just in case anybody cares. <laughs> Somebody may care. Because clearly... Some people wait for paperbacks, I'm right? over there. Yes, 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 yes. So my next one has a little freaking sticker on it too, which I forgot about. Hold on. I got it off really easy. Okay, cool. So this is uh, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematory. You know who likes that book? Caitlin Doughty. I think Jess likes that book. Oh, I, it's, it just sounds really good. Like, I just, it feels like the right, I, it's going to be full of dark humor. And that's, that's my joy. Um, and plus on the back from, oh, the Oprah magazine, it says demonically funny. Oh, and that's, that's enough right for you, honey. That is right for you. <laughs> that, that, that is, that is, that is all I needed to hear. I love that. So, and I know. And I know that the author wrote another book that was just questions she's gotten as a, um, oh my God, what do they call you? Mortician. Mm-hmm. And she, they're like, a lot of them work for kids. And I think it's called like, will my cat eat my eyeballs? Yes, or something like that, that has a lot of yeah. fantastic reviews. Yeah. So it's, and I think it was just her answering questions, like the weird questions she gets from asked, kids. Um, yeah. Kids, I think all of them. Also, so. why? <laughs> When I first heard about that book and that particular, like, a kid really asked, like, well, you know, my cat eat my eyeballs. I was like, wow, kids are something special. <laughs> what makes you look at a cat and think, will you eat my eyeballs? <laughs> what doesn't make you look at a cat and think that? Do you know how? Okay, so when, so when, when I got my first nursing job, I worked in a doctor's office and I didn't work Saturday and Sunday and I lived alone. And I was like, one day I just realized, I was like, would I, how, if I died on a Friday night, Oh God, here we go. How long would it take them to realize I was dead? And would my dogs eat me before they got there? <laughs> okay. If they were cats, they would hundred percent would eat me. Okay. You're right. I take back my question because you're right. These yeah. are the kinds of qu- thoughts you randomly That's have. That's so true. You're a woman living alone. Who's checking on me? I don't live alone now. Don't kill me. But like, <laughs> you know, I was a woman living alone. Two big dogs. They'd get hungry at they some They would point. be. And they're like, you know what? Mama's, I'm mama dead. looks good. How long would it take? I don't know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and this is why the definition the very definition of morbidly funny is the book that I'm making. I have a sneaky suspicion you're going to have a good time reading that book. I think I think. And you should it. probably get the other book. You I should. should. Yes. 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 Okay. I have a lot of I'm very political friend. reads here. It's all political from here on out, folks. Uh, just get ready all for right. it. Mine's all clear. All right. So this is another one that I received from Counterpoint Press last year. This is Dispatches from a Changing America, The National Road by Tom Zollner, I think. And let me just read. Zollner. Yeah. Let me read the I inside the flat had that last for a minute just so you can understand what this is about. 
Okay, from the offices of small town newspapers to the adult film sets of California, from the checkout lanes of Midwestern dollar stores to the sacred sites of Mormonism from our nation's highest peaks to the rising seawaters of pilgrim-haunted New England and to the corrupt municipalities that prey upon residents, Tom Zoner takes to the highways and byways of a vast land in search of the soul of its people. Interesting. So I'm kind of intrigued to know... What is in this book? So, that is Dispatches from a Change in America, The National Road by Tom Zollner. I feel like I just said his name differently four times. It's fine. I'm sorry. Zollner. It's okay. That's that's interesting because I feel like America is like so many different countries in one. I was thinking about in the shower the other day. I was like, we're basically like the EU. Mm Mm-hmm. When we're not our own autonomous exactly. countries. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's messier. <laughs> oh, yes. Hella messy. Yeah. Anyway, so let's go to a true crime Ooh. that I've already read that I'm going to oh, yeah. blast off again. So this is Last Call by Elon Green. Oh, I might sneeze. Don't sneeze. Okay. Um, Celadon sent me this arc. This is the arc. Uh, I think this came out last year or in March. This came back out way in March. Came out back way. Well, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) So this is the story of this murderer, that serial killer that was preying on gay men at gay bars in the city in, was it like the 90s? Yeah, in the 90s. Or in the early 90s. And it's a, a case that and he was called the last call killer and he didn't get that much coverage because here's a population of people that we didn't care about. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a look into um, how crimes against particularly gay men, because that's who the killer is targeting, um, were handled this whole like rage defense yeah. thing um, where it's like, there are people to this day that are probably walking around who have murdered somebody and gotten off for like the rage defense where it's like, Oh, he told me he was gay. So then, or like somehow he tricked Mm. me or somehow he did. And I was just so enraged that I, you know, beat him over the head with a brick 47 Mm. times because that's normal. And but there were people that literally got off. Like it is such an eye opening look at, just how shitty we were and kind of probably are still at dealing with anybody who has an alternative alternative lifestyle and things that happen to them. Whoa. That sounds um, heavy. But that rage, def- that rage defense like blew my mind because I realized, hey, Jesus, look, he's back there. Uh, <laughs> throwing apples. <laughs> Hashtag throwing apples. I have an apple tree. He's not just out there throwing <laughs> apples for no reason. But, you know, it, I mean, just when I read that whole rage defense thing, I was like, God damn That's it. That's sick, and man. The fact that people could just get off of, from right. a heinous, heinous crime. It's not even like, and then you think about like pe- women who are in jail for like basically protecting themselves. You think about all the people that get harmed. Mm. Or that, that like, all the ways that, I don't know, I, I can't even get my thoughts through. It, I mean, it's the kind of book where you're just like, I can't process all this. And it's and it's just, it's so good. It's 
read it, Naomi. Yeah, that that sounds really heavy, and it's like God, people are just so sick, you know. And the fact that they were able to get, get away a, with it yeah. with that excuse, you know. Yeah, and you get this look into um, the differences between the gay scenes in somewhere like New York and in like San Francisco, and how much more clandestine and potentially dangerous New York was compared to somewhere in San Francisco where it was more open and relatively comparatively yeah. like a safer, more open, more accepting environment. And this, the amount of how, like when you push somebody's true nature into the shadows, how you breed dangerousness mm. and the issues that come out of that. Like it's, we've talked about this, I think. Yeah, we before. have like, Whenever you force somebody to not be themselves and then they end up, you know, people just participating in either unhealthy or unsafe behaviors or then people feel the need that that feel like they can prey on on a population because they are hiding in some way. Like they feel like somehow that either condones the action or will hide the action. Yes. Or a blending of the Mm -hmm. two. there's a lot in this little book i need to say read it i need to really read that you know what maybe i just listen to the audiobook because that is on script and i and i did save it from the first time that you read it i went ahead and saved it so maybe i'll take a listen clearly i very much like yes yes okay let's uh continue on with my uh political based nonfiction books because I like it. This is a book that I read. This is a book that I read, I want to say maybe 12 or 13 years ago. And Mm -hmm. that's a long time ago. So I would like to read it again uh, because I don't remember much from it, but it's the shock doctrine, the rise of disaster capitalism by Naomi Klein. And this book is essentially talking about how when terrible terrible things happen in the world because the public is in so much shock from what just happened that is when um a lot of states make really ridiculous and crazy policy changes that no one notices texas hello that no one notices because they're still in shock from whatever disaster just happened so i'll read a little bit of the back It says, in this groundbreaking alternative history of the most dominant ideology of our time, Milton Friedman's, do y'all know him? You should know him. Look him up. (laughs) Milton Friedman's free market economic revolution, Naomi Klein challenges the popular myth of this movement's peaceful global victory. From Chile in 1973 to Iraq today, Klein shows how Friedman and his followers have repeatedly harnessed terrible shocks and violence to implement their radical policies. This book you've talked about this before with me. I feel like I've heard I've heard this yeah. come out of your mouth. Before. It is a really good book, but I do want to read it again because it's been a very long time. Um and I, I don't I don't think this is a book you can just read one time. I do think you need to revisit mm-hmm. it. So So do they not talk about do they talk about 9-11 or do they just talk about the aftermaths of 9-11? They talk about the aftermaths of Hurricane Katrina. Katrina. Mm -hmm. They talk about stuff that happened in Chile under uh, Pinochet. I don't remember talking about 9-11. Maybe it did, but I don't remember it. But I remember reading this and like my jaw just dropping. I had that same kind of effect when I read that book um, 
Confessions of an Economic Hitman. That was another jaw-dropping book. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so um, pick it up, folks. The Shock Doctrine, The Rise of Disaster Capitalism by Naomi Klein. But it makes perfect sense, like, as a tactic. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're thinking about it, like, that's... I mean, that's why we have things like shock and Exactly. All. Like... Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. I have it on my... I'll have to go through yeah. my cart and actually, like, yeah. put the... And there's an audiobook so too. Buy $200 worth of books or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go for... I'll go for an oldie that I found at the book barn. Remember, we're in queer mm-hmm. land now. This is this is all queer. So this is Queer London, The Perils and Pleasures in the Sexual Metropolis from 1918 to 1957. Oh. So I read The Last Call, and, you know, that's very much contemporary to my own yeah. life. I thought this. I saw this, and I was like, this is going to be very interesting. Yes, it is. And I understand th- that queer culture in the UK is or was sort of was very different in many mm-hmm. ways. You can see Jesus again. So, but I don't know a lot about it. So, I thought this would be a really interesting interesting. Inter- yes, interesting. I, I was also reading the word intimate at the same time. <laughs> interesting <laughs> look at a time period that I didn't really know. Yeah. I don't really know a lot about. So, cool cover. Yeah. The- I like that. Yeah, I kind of want to know about queer London. Yeah, let me know. I will. I'm, the only thing I'm kind of annoyed by is I feel like this is like the Octopus Man, where if I think I think if we were in the UK, I would have an audiobook. Oh, right, right. Because I'm here, I don't. Yeah. But, you know, it. it and I, we had this discussion when we read The Last Telegraph Club. Yeah. Last, or Last Night at the Telegraph yes. Club. Where there's just kind of these communities that get created, um, these underground communities. And how you you create what you don't have you know in the normal world of acceptance right and you know <laughs> i can't have a conversation with him right back there. yeah we, we did if talk you, about if that if you're just listening jesus keeps popping up behind the windows behind me check out the <laughs> live check out the uncut video folks at least he's blowing the leaves anyway yeah he doesn't always do that. Um, but, you know, so it's just it's interesting to see how different peoples, it, don't, it doesn't matter what, if you're queer or whatever you are, different peoples, how they make communities for themselves so that they have a place where they're accepted and can be themselves. Found families. Yep. Mm-hmm. Found families. And it, I don't know. It's a theme in general that I really enjoy. So it's nice to see how it applies in. Um, yeah. Like real life and not just in fiction. Absolutely. Is that a newer book or is that a, a backlist book? No, so this is an, this is a backlist book. It was written in 2005. Oh, okay, that's really backlist. Really backlist. That feels like it was yesterday. Does it? Mm, I don't know. Actually, the 90s still feel like it was yesterday to uh, me. So I, I love the 90s. The 90s I just want to go back there. Well. What are we down to our last two? Yeah? All right. Uh, yeah, you should have two. I have one. All right. So uh, have you ever woken up and just said, you know what I want to learn more about? The Iran-Contra affairs. Because I nope, have. But I know you have. <laughs> so I went on this research on the good Googles, and there were actually a good number of blogs that had 
a great list of books that talk about the Iran-Contra affairs. And I would say 90% of these lists mentioned two um, of the same books. So I found them. One is called Landslide, The Unmaking of the President, 1984 through 1988 by Jane Mayer or maybe it's a Meyer, I'm not sure, and Doyle McManus. It's a nice chunky book too. Also, check out the video so you can see this uh, author portrait on the back. Uh, <laughs> oh, the 80s. Yeah. So I will be digging into this. Um, I am just so interested. Oh, this says a special main selection of Book of the Month Club. Well, look at there. Book of the month. Book of the month has been around for like eons. I'm excited to um to to get into this. Mm-hmm. This was a well. You'll have published to published in 1988. Tell me what you I, I I was five. I don't know how old I was, but I was not five. Well, you're a little older than me. I was not five. I was something like. I remember Reagan being president, and by I remember, I remember one year his picture was on the wall at school, and then like the next year it wasn't, it was somebody else. <laughs> it was Bush. I remember. That's what I remember. I remember when they came up, when they created that D.A.R.E. program. Oh, God damn. And they sent, like, every school was like sent those D.A.R.E. t-shirts so we could take mm-hmm. pictures in them. Or whatever. So effing weird. So, yeah. Just say no to drugs, my ass. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) T-shirt. Many of you who frequent Chipotle, you may have noticed there are people out there that are asking you, do you know about the D.A.R.E. program? That is not new. That came out in the 80s. And that's all I'm going to say. Yep. We had them in school. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it did to help us. Nothing, because then we entered into... Based on the number of us that all did drugs. Right, then we entered into the war on drugs, which is a whole other topic. Because let me just just say this. I'm going to piss some people off, and I don't care, but, you know... It's okay, our last episode's going to piss people off. So you know that we have this whole crisis now with, you know, methamphetamines and whatnot. And I want you all to understand that in the 80s, the crack cocaine epidemic in black neighborhoods was really serious, okay? Mm -hmm. And nobody took it seriously. They just called it the war on drugs, and it was kind of like they were criminalizing people who were on drugs. But had they taken that shit seriously then, perhaps we wouldn't have this methamphetamine problem now. See, now they're looking at it like it's it's a human issue. Oh my gosh, we must help. But y'all didn't give a shit about it when it was black people. That's all I'm gonna say. Moving on. No, we... No, it really didn't because um, I one of the reasons why I hate that stupid book that I read, um, Less Than Zero, which is like, is it late 80s? Anyway, like all of these rich white kids are just like in California having like horrible existential crises because it's so hard being like rich and having everything be about you <laughs> and just like blowing coke up their nose and i'm like you know when you think about it like that's the white side of of the war on drugs it's like it is sexy and whatever and then there's the black side of the war on drugs which is like how many how many young black men were and continue to be arrested and put into jail for even like the stupidest of things like having marijuana right 
Yeah. So, folks, do your research. Do do you yeah. do your or research? Country, or states that have or counties that have the three strike rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That three strike rule is. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. So, anyway, you know, just just we could have a whole conversation about the prison industrial complex another day. <laughs> I'll I'll just add it to the blog, but I've got a book about that. And my little non my nonfiction corner. So anyway, we're on drugs. Yeah. Bullshit. Moving on. Yeah. We're on. <laughs> <laughs> You're a turd. <laughs> Thanks. Not about crack. Um, <laughs> I've already talked about oh, this. Oh, yeah. But uh, this is the hidden case of, of Evan, or sorry, you and Forbes, which uh, comes out in November. It says it's on sale November 2nd. So it's just in time for nonfiction November. So this is the unwritten history of the trans experience mm. by Zoe Playdon. There's Jesus. Um, so he was, so Ewan Forbes was born in 1912 to a wealthy family in Scotland, assigned female at birth. His true identity was nevertheless clear even in childhood. And so with the support of his mother, he was taken to European specialists and eventually treated with the early preparations of synthetic testosterone, raised as a boy at home, but obliged to present himself as a girl in public until his official coming out to the queen. Ewan grew up, became a doctor and got married for decades. He lived a quiet life as a pillar of the local community. But in 1965, Ewan's older brother died unexpectedly, and Ewan became the heir to the family's baronessy. When his cousin John contested the inheritance, he was forced to defend his male status in in Scotland's Supreme Supreme Civil Court, where he prevailed. Wow. So does that sound like... That sounds like an incredible story. What a journey. That sounds good. Because this just sounds... Amazing. That sounds wow. You're gonna go on a roller coaster ride with that one. Also, talk about having like freaking awesome mom. I know. It's, it's like the 20s, and you're like, all right, no, you really are a boy. Yeah. So let's go get you some testosterone. Right. That had to be unheard of. But like, we have we have some things we have to like. Right. You know, because social social cues. It's not. We're not that right. progressive yet. Right. It's still early. That's a. You can be a boy, but wait. <laughs> I can't wait for you to read that one. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited yeah. for this one. And I'm sure there's going to be, like, twists and turns oh. and, like, just some crazy yeah. stuff. When he has to go to, you know, the Supreme Court or whatever, or their version of it or whatever, that's going to be something. All right. Oh, my last book. I'm kind of sad. Okay. Yes. So, continue... Uh, continuing with the Iran-Contra affairs. This is a book called A Very Thin Line... The Iran-Contra Affairs by Theodore Draper. You, you, you love this. What is your obsession with the uh, Iran-Contra Affairs? Because affair? I need to know, like, that talks about, like, how we got the weapons and the drugs into the United States from the, like, I just need to know, like, how that all yeah. really went down. You know, like, I, I want to know. <laughs> My brain needs to know, like, what what were y'all doing and... I, I just, I don't know. I'm just so curious about it. I'm so, be, be, I guess because like when these things were happening, I was a kid. So, you know, you yeah. heard these things like Iran-Contra affairs and all this stuff. But like, you don't, you're a kid. You don't really know what's going on. But I'm grown now. And now it's like, ooh, what is the tea on that? You know? What did you do to me in your childhood? <laughs> you know? So I'm excited. Oh, there's photos in here. Ooh. Who was this? 
the Saudi entrepreneur with his wife, Lamia. Adnan Khashoggi. Khashoggi, why do I know who that yeah, is? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, so um, very intrigued by this book. What I remember is like Gorbachev because he had that thing right. on his head. And like when you're like a little kid, that's the stuff that gets seared into that's your That's exactly memory. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because you're like, why does that guy have that thing on his exactly. head? Exactly. <laughs> because you're oh, five. Oh, good old and- Oliver North. Yeah, so I don't I don't know which one I'm going to read first, whether I'm going to read this one first or Landslide, but I probably will be reading these throughout the rest of the year. Cause I, which one was read first? Was written first? Um, let's see. This one came out. Oh, okay. So Landslide, because Landslide came... Wait, wait a minute. I'm wrong. Because I would read them in chronological order. Because there's probably okay. more. Landslide you know I mean? came They're... out in 1988. And okay, and this is Very Thin Line came out in 1991. So Landslide will be first then. Yeah. Yeah, because they may have more stuff to, to add yeah. on, you know, later. Yeah. So I'm excited. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, what? how long have we been talking for? You used to tell me. Uh, one hour me? and 16 minutes and some seconds. That's not bad for us. We were pretty, we we're pretty good. Pretty good. Anyway, well, those are all of our nonfiction reads for November, and we would love. Oh no, we have a bonus oh, book. Well, but well, wait, there is one more. more. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot. This is our special announcement. Take it away. Take it away, Alyssa. Take it away. So for November nonfiction November, our book club choice is going to be. Dun, 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 dun. Empire of Pain, yes. which you have in hard copy. I only I have the don't. audio of. I thought you bought. The I hard did copy. not. I'll just. I'm gonna get it before November. Anywho, yeah. it's a discussion of the Sackler family, which is, if not the wealthiest, one of the mm-hmm. wealthiest families, and their uh, contribution to the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially oxycodone. So it's supposed to be an absolutely. Uh, compelling and like unput down a yeah. read from everything that I'm seeing of other people reading it. Um, we would like to beg, this is our official begging of Jess Owens to read it with us. Yes. And, and come discuss it with on us. On the podcast. Yes. We are officially begging yes. you. You know, she has her own nonfiction book club. So book community mm-hmm. reads. They're on Twitter. We can, we can link the tweet. The mm-hmm. We can link that. So, yeah, yeah, this is our so. podcast invite. But, of course, we will speak with her directly. But, yeah, I... We will beg her directly. Much. <laughs> I, um, when I first saw this book, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I have you to read this You turned me one. on to it. I have to. I didn't know. See, like, my, my gathering of nonfiction books is very passive. It's either I get these things from publishers and they're like would you like to read this and I'm like no no ooh, yeah <laughs> and then or like somebody just mentions right. it really like I never really get a bug where I'm like I need to know about this thing or I see it like in a used bookstore so I I you are like more ear to the ground I think with nonfiction. we used to read nonfiction predominantly for, for years, years yeah so so that we have so you turned me on to it, long statement. You turned yeah, me on to that book. When yeah. you think about it, it's like, oh, that is going to be a hell of a story to read. 
Mm-hmm. I am I am ready for it. Ready. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope was that on one of Obama's lists? Yes, it like, is on there. If you haven't Yeah, I thought he mm-hmm. had it on one of his lists. But cuz like if you haven't read Hidden Valley Road, oh, people. People. Read it. You guys Hidden Valley Road was I, I was shook up. I could not stop reading that book. I suggest you read it with a friend so that you can talk yes. to each other while you're reading yes. it and go what? <laughs> we highly recommend this book. We highly recommend it. And then after you read Hidden Valley Road, get on Apple TV and watch Oprah's interviews with that family. Oh, I haven't done Do it. But read the book first, guys. Read the book first. It will blow your mind. Like, I don't want to give anything away, but the way women were portrayed, um, excuse me, the way mothers were portrayed during that time, if like anything was quote unquote wrong with your children, like, oh, what a book. I think my mother still operates under that. Oh, I'm not surprised. Like, she... It is very much like you are. I remember how many times I heard as a as a child like your behavior is a reflection on me, so you better behave. Yeah, I think that's why like this slow progression into my midlife crisis with like <laughs> green hair, and when I finally start get like my nose pierced and everything, like this this, this is me being old enough to be like, well, nobody gives a shit anymore, ma. <laughs> like, I had to wait almost forty You're so years. Right, though. You're so right. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what you heard growing up. I almost want to read that book again. It was mind-blowing well, to me. We can probably yeah. do that. So, Head and Valley Road, folks. Give it a give it a read. Give it a read. Yes. But November, nonfiction, no, nonfiction November, our book club choice, you've heard it here mm-hmm. first, is Empire of Pain. There will be a bonus book, but we haven't picked yeah. that yet. Main cook is Empire of Pain. So, and who's that by? That's uh, by Patrick your hands on it. Braddon Keefe. Is that right? Patrick Braddon Keefe. Sure. <laughs> I hope that's right, guys. This was fun. I haven't been excited about nonfiction in a while because for so many years, it was the only thing that I read. And um, it's been really fun to get back into fiction. And I really haven't had a real desire to like read more than a couple of nonfiction books here and there. But I'm I'm excited. My favorite thing about nonfiction, I love listening to on nonfiction because it feels like a podcast mm, to me. Mm-hmm. And I will like clean the house or put up my bookshelves yeah. or whatever. And then uh, what I end up kicking myself for is that's how I just I just love devouring them like that. But then I'll end up kicking myself because I'll want to mark up the book. And then I'm like, Shit, I can't. Oh, I can't. So you know what I mean? Like I, I can sit and read and listen to it. But then it's also one of my favorite things to do when I'm just doing something yeah. is to put on a nonfiction book I know and you like mean. learn something. But a couple of mine, yeah. I know like my great grandfather's book, the shock doctrine for sure. Got to sit down and read those because you'll need to mark it up. But some of the other ones they could be straight listens, but yeah. I'm going to have to get your grandfather's yeah. book because there's, it's, it feels, feels like a crime that I don't have your great grandfather's book. I keep calling him your grandfather. He's your yeah, great grandfather. Yeah. So let us yeah. know in the comments on the blog, tbrlowdown.com, if you plan on reading anything for nonfiction November. If you do, what are you what are you thinking about checking out? Let us know. Yes. 
We would love to add to our lists, our ever-growing Absolutely. Lists. I don't know. I, th- I think yeah. we, uh, I think that about does it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we could go We on, could, but, but we're not. I already like stuck in, like, two extras. <laughs> <laughs> As they were directly related to books that you were showing. this is what happened you should have seen how many times so this is i had this crate right i was like i i how many times the books went in and out of this i was like how about these no no not this no this one this one no no like what's the right grouping exactly exactly so we we hope you enjoyed these list of books so Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. And we're going to check on out of here. Okay. Yeah. Bye. 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 Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple podcast and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at TBRLowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at BookLadyReads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at NerdyNurseReads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time. Thank you.